if you're like me, you've dreamt of becoming an accomplished musician and the satisfaction it can bring you. But there's hidden traps in the path to creating a musician's dream sound placed by ill-informed tutors and some online and real-world educators. We are forced to answer hard questions like how to grow as amateur musicians using time learning our craft intelligently, or how to achieve pristine musical sound quality without sacrificing wasted dollars. Finally, those questions and more can be answered after 20 years of research, trial and error. Follow this podcast while I expose missing pieces of the musical puzzle to take you from hours of musical frustration to feeling the excitement of musical excellence. You can join the journey on musicsecretsexposed.com I'm your host Sylvia and you're listening to the Music Secrets Exposed podcast. Hey, hope you're doing good as I record this podcast. It is April of 2021. We're at the time of year when students are preparing for exams and others are thinking about preparing for the return to academia in August through September time. This is a great time of the year to start thinking about what you want to do next autumn when you return to academia. As many good tutors, many good schools of music, many really high quality institutions of education get very quickly filled up with students. And those then looking for good tutors and good institutions of education are going to have a hard time when they come into the autumn period trying to get a space. Now, in episode 58, I explained what good tutors do, or at least what they should do. So I would advise you, if you're interested in such information, to go back to episode 58 and just listen through to the current episode, which is episode 64. Now, in yesterday's episode, episode 63, I spoke about performances in exam rooms and how to handle those tense experiences when doing exams. Now, as I am in Ireland, we use an awful lot of the UK based system of examining. And for those of you stateside who mightn't understand the systems that we have over here, it is an eight graded system, grades one through grade eight. And there is theory and there is the practical. And usually a good system, a long established good system, will require students to both do a practical and a theory exam at year end. Now, exams can be held in the summer period, which is usually June, or they can be held in November or March. There's multiple times students can take exams, but the big season for exams is this lead into June of each year. Now, when students do exams, usually they undertake the study for the academic year and it includes three pieces which they have to perform on their instrument. They have to do sight reading and they have to do oral tests. And then the theory exam is usually separate to that and it handles all the theoretical components of music reading and so on. And it's all in graded systems. Now, the bonus of doing graded systems is that if you are thinking about the possibility or the potential of taking music as a subject in university, these graded exams, if started soon enough, can add up 
towards the points or the requirements for entering into university. It depends on which system a student chooses. So there's just a little nugget for you. Now, today I just want to focus on why sight reading is important and I suppose firstly what sight reading is. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, there are three main components to any practical exam. There's the three pieces and there are oral tests, which are tests for your ear, you know, listening to music and responding in different ways. And then there is sight reading. Now, sight reading is usually a sh very short piece of music and the student in question has never seen it before. They are given 30 seconds to look at it before they're expected to play it. The main area of concern con regarding sight reading is rhythm and expression. It is understood that most students will get a couple of notes wrong as they try and play sight reading. But if the rhythm is held and the expression is included, that's all a very good basis for a good score for sight reading. Now, sight reading is one of those areas that Personally speaking, when I was learning myself, I was only exposed to it towards the end of the academic year in advance of an exam. So I would only have seen sight reading, we'll say, two or three weeks prior to an exam. Now, in my own tutoring uh, history, I have always got students from day one to do sight reading. It is an incredibly important skill. And the reason being is it's like the equivalent of learning how to read English and being able to read a book just from opening up the page and just being able to read it. Well, sight reading is like that in musical terms. You should, at the intermediate upper level stages, be able to pull a sheet music book off the shop shelf, bring it home and be able to play it just like you can read a book or a novel, at, you know, immediately. And that is the purpose of sight reading. Sight reading also comes very importantly into the arena of community settings. So if you, the pianist or some other uh, instrumentalist, are given a sheet piece of music that you can read it pretty quickly and fairly accurately so as you can handle a group situation successfully. Also, if you're singing in a choir, and the leader, the choir leader, gives you some sheet music that you can quickly read it and understand what it's about. So in a multiple of areas, sight reading comes in so useful. Because of my history coming up through the ranks of music myself, my sight reading ability in the higher grades wasn't the strongest. And I blame that on the fact that I wasn't given sight reading all year long to do as a student. As I mentioned earlier, I was just given it a few weeks before the end of term in advance of a music exam. Now, what I have seen students, my own students do is that once they get sight reading done every week solidly through the academic year, their sight reading skill is pretty good for the most part. Now, again, it comes back to dedication. Back in episode 62, I was speaking about practicing times and I mentioned about it's not about time, it's about dedication. How dedicated are you to achieving a high level of skill? Well, I would suggest that this is where sight reading comes into play as well. The more you practice it, the more you do it, the more that you include it in your everyday practice routine, 
And the longer you spend at doing it and the more you challenge yourself, actually, the better your sight reading skill will become. Now, I have met some students over the years that have really just found it difficult. And I think it's because in their earlier years, they didn't theoretically understand the music very clearly. They struggled through the early, very early years, the first maybe two or three years of learning music. And it made the reading of music quite difficult for them as they proceeded through because they didn't go through the routines of naming their notes on the staves easily. Whereas the students who actually spent time to learn how to read and name the notes on the sheet music and then apply it to the practical in the earlier two, two three years in the, in the very early beginning stages, those students do sight reading a lot better. So it really is very, very important for any new student to really get to grips with the basics very, very well. And I mean that strongly now. They should be able to read music. After year one, they should be able to name the notes and play them on their instrument. Year two, they should be able to play small pieces of music after giving it to them for 30 seconds. Year three, they should be able to really get those two hands working together at short notice. And if they can't do that, well, the tutor should spend time with them to try and backtrack a little bit just to see what's going on. So sight reading is a core skill. It's the root of reading music. You've got to do it from day one to be really good at it. And you must include it in every practice session as well. So I hope that helps you to think about sight reading and why it's important and how to include it. Now, there are books you can get from music stores which will uh, guide you in the process of sight reading. And if your tutor doesn't include it in your lessons, please request it and go from there. If you have any questions, you can send them to me on my blog there at blog.musicsecretsexposed.com. There's a little voice recorder there where you can record your question. And if you have any questions regarding exams or practicing, or how to create an environment at home. You know, if you want guidance on sight reading books or oral training, which is ear training, which I'm going to speak about tomorrow, you can uh, reach out to me there. Have a great day and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Many have come up to me and asked, Sylvia, let me ask you a question. I've started learning music, but I am stuck. I can't get the sound I dream of. I've spent time and a lot of cash. I'm so frustrated. Or a parent has often asked me, I have a child who is not getting the results that we expected. I've invested a lot of dollars in music tutors and musical equipment. I'm so unsure, what can I do? My answer? Sign up for a free webinar at musicsecretsexposed.com where I'll walk you through what you can do to get you or your child on the best musical path right away. My greatest joy is to save you heartache and frustration and replace it with the best musical version of you. Don't delay, capacity is limited. Open a tab and let's get you started at musicsecretsexposed.com.